On this episode, a continuation of definitions of video marketing terminology in what we call the video marketing glossary. Have a great product that's difficult to explain? No problem. At ThinkMojo, we specialize in turning complexity into elegance with compelling videos that make your product irresistible. Learn more at thinkmojo.com explainer. ThinkMojo, videos that move the needle. The video revolution is here and it's changing how business is done. Learn how to use video to engage customers and drive results here on the Video Marketing 2.0 podcast with your hosts, Joel Gubich and Brendan Carty. Welcome to Video Marketing 2.0, the definitive podcast for all things video marketing. Hi, I'm Joel Gubich, Director of Business Development at ThinkMojo, and I'm joined as always by my colleague, Director of Creative Content, Brendan Carty. So, Brendan, recently we did an episode and we're doing a, a series of episodes on the video marketing glossary for 2017 because it's really important that we, as marketers, uh, educate our, our consumers, the people that are interested in video marketing, to the terminology that they may not be, they may hear us talk about, but really don't understand and don't have the clear-cut definition. So today, I wanted to talk about production terminology when it comes to video marketing. And we'll just continue uh, the episode that we did uh, a couple weeks ago. And I think it's a good time to jump right in and talk about the video script, something that I think you know a thing or two about. Uh, as someone who's written at this point probably thousands of scripts, which is kind of a scary thing to admit to oneself. Uh, yes. So the video script. So what is what can someone expect and what should they not expect with the video script? So in general, the script is where the creative production team will write and validate the spoken narration. Now, it depends on whether you're doing an animated or a live action video. For an animated video, the script uh, will include the voiceover and maybe some key descriptions that will help you visualize the final imagery. While the script for a live action video will be a little bit more comprehensive, it'll include all of the, the spoken word from all the characters, but also a description of the characters, of the locations, and the, the general action for each screen, for each scene, excuse me. It's important to understand, though, that the script is meant to be spoken and not read. The script is a blueprint for the, for the production. Uh, it's not a, it's supposed to be, you know, it's not an article. It's not a, an, something that will appear in a white paper. It is a living, breathing, spoken document. And an effective script must play off the visuals very effectively, which is why sometimes, well, oftentimes, actually, simpler scripts are better because it gives the, the visual story more room to breathe. So after the script, usually comes a storyboard. And the storyboard, and we talked about this in episode 65, the storyboard is a black and white sketched version, generally black and white sketched version of each scene in the video. Now, it does not represent the final animation style. And generally, you do a storyboard for animation. You can do it for live action, but generally, you don't need to. And the goal of the storyboard is to validate the action on the screen and to ensure that the visual storyline effectively portrays and enhances that message. Now, the storyboard, and this is so important, the storyboard is really the last best chance to make changes to the creative direction of the video. Because 
once you're past the storyboard stage, you're starting to do things that are costing a ton of money and that it's harder to change. So remember, the storyboard's that last best chance to make changes. Once we validate the script and the action on the screen, we then move to that execution phase, the design and animation. And at that point, making changes, like I said before, can lead to a world of hurt. It can cause significant delays and additional costs to the project, and nobody wants that. A world of hurt indeed. So that brings us to the the next uh, phase, the next term, style frame. And this is something that is uh, is often misunderstood. So to be very simple, style frames are high-level keyframes from the storyboard that show the look and feel of important scenes. So they're basically a preview of what the designs will look like, what the video itself will look like when fully animated. Uh, style frames are usually full-color frames. Uh, they're they're chosen from, from the storyboard itself. So these are already, if you've arrived at the style frame uh, phase, th- these are already frames that you have looked at and validated. But now they're fully realized. And usually style frames, you know, you, you'll get a handful and they'll give you, uh, th- this is your opportunity to tinker with the design style before the entire uh, video, before all of the frames in the storyboard have been de- have been designed. So there's still a little bit of creative exploration here. And the goal, again, is to make the process more efficient so that you uh, you iterate on the style frames, you validate the design style, and then the production team just takes it from there. Which leads us to what's called a mood board. And a mood board is a collection of textures, images, colors, text, fonts that are related to the design theme and that are a reference point that are intended to evoke um, or even project a particular style or concept. This is what the animator and the next person in that holistic production, the person in charge of the next stage of the holistic, holistic production, is going to take in order to now go from the video script, the storyboard, the style frames uh, into animation. And it, it used to be harder to describe like a mood board, but it, just think of it like it's the Pinterest board for your video. Like all of the influences, artistic influences that are uh, are going to be used in your video, uh, that's included in the mood board. So that brings us to post-production. Uh, this is a, a term that you've probably heard of in different concepts, but in digital video, uh, photography, television, and film, Post-production refers to all those tasks that have to be completed after the filming uh, or shooting or the animation actually ends. Uh, it's often said that you know filming is where you, you get all the, the raw material, but post-production is where you actually tell the story. Uh, and this includes you know the editing of the footage so that you not only cut out um, you know maybe some some uh, extra scenes or, or maybe some some scenes that just didn't quite work, but you make this, the scenes that are in there pop and, and much tighter and work really, really well. Uh, it's also where you insert transition transitions between the scenes, uh, visual effects. Um, maybe you work with some of the, uh, the voice actors uh, to, to get uh, some better takes on certain lines. You dub in different music. Uh, post-production, it, it does a lot of different things. It basically takes your raw material and turns it into something that is polished, professional, and ready to be you know, viewed and enjoyed by everybody. Which leads us to the next phase in a, po- in a uh, production process, and that is sound design. Sound design is a process 
of specifying, acquiring, manipulating, generating audio elements. You know, sometimes just looking at a video, even the best video without sound, not just even if it has voiceover, but you take away the sound part of it behind the scenes and it's flat. So sound design most commonly involves the manipulation of previously composed or recorded audio, such as sound effects and dialogue. And in some instances, it may also involve the composition or manipulation of audio to create a desired effect or mood. So obviously in big movie productions, they are creating a original composition to go with it, but they're also using existing sound. Um, oftentimes it may be something from a symphony orchestra. Some they, People love to use opera. Uh, for some reason, nobody goes to the opera, but they love to use it in movies. <laughs> that's a good point. Maybe that's why they, they, uh, they get their opera fix from the movies. No, and, and sound design is, uh, when you think of feeling, you know, you want your, your audience to, uh, to feel something, you want to emote Sound design is really where that uh, where you accomplish that. So, what about revisions? So, the revision process, and this is you know kind of uh, dovetails with uh, collaboration, which we covered on the uh, on the previous episode. So, you know, the production team will spend a lot of time learning about your company uh, through the the initial discovery process and uh, you know the first draft of the of the script and everything, but there will always be gaps. There will always be places where, you know, the the team is a little bit off target. So the revision process is where the client team and the collaboration uh, and the creative team collaborate to find, you know, that, that middle ground where uh, everything is, is perfect for, for everybody involved. Cause you know, a lot of times the, uh, the creative team will have concerns that maybe, you know the the script or the storyboard will not translate very well in in certain ways into video, but the so they make certain changes. But then the the client is worried that well we're getting a little bit off brand, so they suggest changes. And the revision process is really about just getting everybody one step uh, or, or in lockstep and and getting them on board so that you're all moving in the same direction. Now typically you know there's it goes back and forth uh, you know a few times per stage, and that's regular. There's no first draft is. In my experience, very rarely has a first draft, uh, you know, been perfect, and neither should it be because uh, it can always get better. And I think that's really what uh, what how the, the most healthy way to look at the revision process. It's not about correcting mistakes; it's about making things even better. Right. And one one last note about revision: uh, there is no there is no such thing as uh, perfection. So you can revise and you go back and forth nonstop. Uh, when it comes to video marketing, uh, it's important to keep your eye on the goal. And the goal is to create a video that you can use for marketing, not one that you could sell uh, tons of tickets and popcorn. Although that would be nice. <laughs> yes, it would. Which leads us to the call to action, which is a key part of any video. Any marketing video, the call to action, CTA, you'll see that a lot of times, uh, just the initial CTA, is either a direct or an indirect request from the viewer to do something specific after watching the video. The CTA usually comes at the end of the video, but it can come anytime during the video as well. It doesn't always have to be at the end, and sometimes it can be repeated. Effective calls to action use action verbs. That's an important thing, such as call us or download this or contact us or stop this video and get to the, uh, get to our dealership right now. Whatever it happens to be, it's an action verb. You want somebody to take action. 
Yeah, and, and I would also add you should try to keep it to one call to action. It's difficult to ask people to do multiple things at, at the end, you know, because then they're sort of like, you know, scratching their head, what should I do first? So be clear, be direct, and and like you said, be active. Uh, and that brings us to our final term, localization. So localization is one of those, uh, it sounds like a, a maybe it's a complex buzzword, but it's actually, it's pretty simple. Uh, it's just a process in which a video is re-edited into another language. Uh, sometimes that only affects the voiceover. Other times it affects the, the voiceover and, you know, some elements on screen. You know, if there are uh, very geocentric uh, dress, let's say, in an animated video, some of that stuff could potentially be altered so that it's more uh, appealing or, or accessible to a local audience. Um, so, you know, it's all about that. What something we we talk about all the time is making it a video, getting more value out of one video, and, and kind of turning that one video into an asset you can use in, in multiple different channels. So, localization is is the process of turning that one video into something that can be enjoyed in in screens on every continent across the world. It's interesting that we call it localization instead of globalization yeah, because it really is um, a way to turn a a local video into a global video. But globalization was already taken, so we just we couldn't use that. <laughs> oh, shucks. <laughs> well, on that note, uh, I want to thank everybody for listening to another episode of Video Marketing 2.0 presented by ThinkMojo. And on today's episode, we did another episode all about our video marketing glossary. Uh, all of this information will be on the show notes page by going to video marketing uh, by going to vmpodcast.com. Excuse me, that's vmpodcast.com. And you can also download and listen to previous episodes on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, SoundCloud, and TuneIn. So for Brendan and myself, we look forward to seeing you again on another episode of Video Marketing 2.0. Thanks for listening to another episode of Video Marketing 2.0, presented by ThinkMojo. For more help on how to drive results with video, contact ThinkMojo, the video marketing experts, at info at thinkmojo.com or visit thinkmojo.com for more information.